This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Good morning. Once again, uh, we're on the teachings of Jesus, and we'll be uh, going through those teachings for roughly a year's time. Uh, Jesus had a lot to say, and uh, thankfully we have an opportunity to talk a little bit about it. But as uh, you know, I jump into different teachings of Jesus Christ, it's interesting to see what it is that he taught. And sometimes we sometimes have a misconception of what he taught. As I was studying this particular section, um, it was just interesting to note that Jesus had a message, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Jesus' first preaching sermon was basically, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And oftentimes we go back to the early church fathers and we look back at what doctrines they came up with. But something that we don't see is the gospel of the kingdom. And a lot of times people don't even know that that was Jesus' main message. He preached the gospel of the kingdom. Somehow that message got lost from the time of Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension until the early church fathers. But as we look at the gospel of the kingdom, as we look at the gospel of the kingdom, uh, we understand that was Jesus' primary message. He actually spoke about the gospel of the kingdom approximately 100 times. And he only spoke about the church once. Now, if you look up the term gospel of salvation, that term is not in itself, even in the scriptures. So when we think about what Jesus did teach, we don't see him teaching about necessarily the gospel of salvation. Now, Paul talks about the gospel of Christ, and we ask, what is the gospel of Christ? Once again, that's the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus' primary message was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was what he talked about. He went around preaching about the kingdom of heaven. And the people, particularly his audience, understood the nature of his message. Think about it. The apostles, the disciples asked him, is it now time for your kingdom to be set up? They understood Jesus' language was a political language. Jesus came to set up God's kingdom here on this planet. A lot of times there's a misconception that there's this synonymous term between the Ecclesiastes, the church, the called out people, and the kingdom of God. But today we're going to try to break down some of it. I'm not going to try to jump too far into this age-old church controversy, but I'll try to superficially guide us through to at least to get to the main point, that this was Jesus' primary message. 
Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is close. Before Jesus Christ came, there, no one had access to the kingdom of heaven. When you died, you didn't automatically go to heaven. Remember when Samuel died, he had to go to a place. The Bible said he was down below. And when the medium called him up, he came up from underneath the earth. It wasn't until after Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection that people had access into heaven. Now remember, God has a kingdom that's immovable, unshakable, and that is the kingdom of God. That kingdom is everything that exists outside of God. Now, there's a difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God has always existed and always will exist. But the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom from heaven will be the kingdom that comes down here on earth. That Jesus will reign in that kingdom as its king and ruler. We know there will be two iterations of it. One, he will reign for a thousand years. Whether you're all millennials, I'm not going to talk to you today. We're just going to take this literally and say he will literally reign for 1,000 years. And after that year, this thousand years, there's going to be some trouble. We're not going to talk about that today either, but we're going to say, hey, after that time, Satan will be finally thrown into the lake of fire, and then this eternal kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, will be on earth in a recreated heaven and a recreated earth for all eternity. And that's Jesus' message. His kingdom is coming. Right now, because we are in the universe, in the reality God has created, we are culpable to God. We're responsible for our behavior. But as citizens of the kingdom of God, our responsibility is to adhere and obey our king. Now, you can't obey the king unless you've been introduced into the kingdom. It's by grace we have access into the kingdom of God. We're, we, we can't go into God's kingdom without being saved. And once we're in the kingdom, we have the capacity to yield our will to the will of God and reveal God here on earth. When people look at us, hopefully they don't see a church, a people, a denomination. Hopefully they see in us and through us the kingdom of God being manifested. They, when Jesus Christ died and was resurrected, he didn't say, now go and build the denomination. Now go. And build endurance church. His message was the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when you adhere to God, you reveal to the world what it looks like to be a citizen of God's kingdom. And that's what people need to see. Let's jump into a quote and we'll then we'll jump into the message. A quote by our Lord. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. So remember, there's this conflict that we have, this tension between, as George Ladd says, the now and the not yet. God's kingdom is here, very present in our lives. When we have surrendered to Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God is within us. But it's not yet here manifested on the earth, the kingdom of heaven, which is eventually going to come. That may sound confusing, but hopefully we'll get an opportunity to clarify it a little later. To make this point one more time, God's kingdom exists eternally. 
And within God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven will come down from heaven and be on earth. And right now, while you are a saved human being, you have the capacity to reveal the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven to this world. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Question is, are you obeying his commandments? Let's jump into Matthew chapter 4. And we only have one verse today, but it's okay. There's a lot to say about this one verse. Let me pray and we'll start. Father God, I ask you with a very brief time I have to speak through me, Lord, so that your word is heard. Help us dive back into ancient times and hear the message that you spoke. And help us reclaim that message for our own and use it in order to give you glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, once again, Jesus Christ came to preach this message of the kingdom. It's shocking. Most people don't even realize as they go back and look at the Bible, this is what Jesus talked about. His kingdom. His kingdom. But normally here, particularly in America, what we hear is a gospel of salvation. We hear, okay, we have the four spiritual laws or crisis conflict evangelism. We, we confront them with their sins and hopefully win them over and they're saved. And sometimes that's it. But a lot of times people don't realize Jesus' message was a message of a coming kingdom. Think about when Jesus Christ went around healing people. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's close to you. When people question Jesus about whether uh, Jesus had the right teaching or what was the greatest commandment, Jesus responded, ultimately saying, you know what? You're not far off from the kingdom. Jesus' parables mostly reference God's kingdom. Now, if Jesus talked about the kingdom so much, why nowadays do we hear so little about God's kingdom? If you go back to Acts chapter 1, look at Acts chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. And it says, after Jesus was resurrected, he spent 40 days with his disciples teaching them about what? The kingdom. He spent 40 days teaching them about the kingdom. And even right before he ascended, they still had it wrong. They said, okay, Lord, you're about to go to heaven. Now is now the time for you to set up your kingdom. The kingdom of God is within us. And our responsibilities as believers is to adhere to God's commands so that the world sees the kingdom. If you are saved, you are a part of God's heavenly kingdom. I like how it was said, because we're Americans, we think heaven is a democracy. We like to vote. Oh, 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 I want to do this. Oh, let's do a vote. Let's make a committee and we'll see what we do. That's not God's kingdom. God is a monarch. I know we're Americans. We got rid of those kings. We have presidents now who don't last long, eight years max, and we're good. However, there's no voting in the kingdom of God. God says it, and we do it. God says it, and we do it. I came up in a time where I didn't have family meetings. And we had to discuss what it was as a family we were going to do. I didn't come up in a time where we had the family conversation and they gave us a choice. Disney World or 
we're at Disneyland. Oh, Disney World. Okay, let's see hands. One, two, three. Okay, we're going to Disney World. No. I came up in a time like this. Get up. Get in the car. Where are we going? You'll find out when you get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And two days later, Disney World. Yeah. I always wanted to go here, I think. Well, it doesn't matter. I'm here. God is a monarch. And I even heard it said we are in a parliamentary theocracy. That honestly, we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom. But us as Americans, we have a difficult time comprehending being told what to do. I always say people love going somewhere until they hear the word, no. People love going places until there's real accountability, real authority. Part of me being in this church and I made this pledge to this congregation, I am under authority here at this church. I have people, if I make a mistake, can take my stuff. Next Sunday, if I go crazy, you will have another pastor. That's for your protection. Because at any time... I can lose my mind. Nebuchadnezzar, he lost his mind for seven times, right? God gave it back to him, but he lost it. He was out eating grass. And what if me, if I go crazy and I'm not under authority, I could go off. Church history is littered with people who just go off. We are members of God's kingdom, and we are accountable to God. And even though we may not like to hear that, that keeps Everyone is safe. We're not in a democracy. We can't make suggestions to God. He doesn't care about our opinions. Even though it may be good, your opinion may be accurate. But nevertheless, our responsibility is to pray, not my will, but thine. You know, it's holy when you say thine, right? Thine will be done. Your will. And we constantly surrender our will because God has a plan for our life. And regardless of what I think my plan should be, at one time I was fast. At one time I was strong. At one time I was durable. And I'm like, ding, 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 football. And God said, ministry. God, that doesn't make sense to my mind. It doesn't have to make sense to you. It's about you surrendering to God's kingdom. And as you surrender, and as we surrender, the world sees something different here on earth. God didn't say, go create a political party. He didn't say that. Go create a new economy. He said, go tell the world about my kingdom, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I commanded. He gave us a constitution in which we are to follow. We are part, as Hebrew says, a heavenly kingdom. We're seeking a country. And this country one day soon will be here on the earth. But now because we're saved, we have access to God's kingdom, the kingdom of God. But one day, from on high, as they say, out of heaven, this kingdom from heaven will come down on earth. And in Jerusalem, where we're going to go, a couple of us, in a couple of months, in the temple, Jesus will sit there and he will be enthroned as the king of all the earth. 
Now is our time to prepare to be under a monarchy. Now is a time to get ready to surrender our will to God. Verse 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the what? The kingdom. That's what he preached. He went everywhere preaching the gospel of the kingdom. The problem, historically, we have tried to create a systematic theology that interprets this. Sometimes we get stuck simply on salvation. Other times it can become like a social gospel in a sense where it's just about spreading goodwill throughout the earth. But there is more. God's kingdom will come. There's a song, and I can't sing it, but maybe some of you all will. What's the kingdom of God? It's what? Righteousness? Peace? And joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. That's all I got. That's God's kingdom. Righteousness. Peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you have that today? Are those attributes that kind of permeate your very being? When people see you, do they see you as a member, citizen of God's kingdom? Jesus went around teaching about that kingdom. He didn't teach about healing. He healed people. He didn't teach about getting money. He healed people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just saying, he didn't teach it. He drove out demons. Because God's kingdom is slowly manifesting itself. And one day when he comes, he's going to, as John the Baptist say, get rid of the wheat and the tare. He's going to make a distinction between the sheep and the goat. And during that time, judgment will take place. That's why many of the disciples and even John the Baptist had it wrong. They thought it was time then for the kingdom to be there. They missed this time of grace that we now live in. Now we have this great and awesome opportunity to surrender to God before judgment comes. Because once the kingdom of heaven comes, he is going to eradicate all those people who rejected him, who are not willing to yield to his control, purpose, power for the planet. God's kingdom is at hand. Repent. He goes on to say, healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among people. I've heard it said the kingdom of God is God's powerful presence manifested in the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no kingdom of God. And because you were saved and you have the Holy Spirit in you, now you have access to the grace of God. And now you're a citizen of God's kingdom. What's the problem? Sometimes we don't live as though we are members of God's kingdom. We get stuck in ruts. I'll say this. We lose our love affair with God. To me, that's what this is all about. When you see people coming to church and leaving church, when you see people frustrated and angry, my thought is, are you still in love with Jesus? Are you still connected to God? Do you still love him? Do you still wake up smiling because he's in your heart? Now, if it's not the case, you have an opportunity to get it back right. Fall in love with Jesus every single day you have. That is your primary purpose. You're to fall in love with a man. I know. 
I too have to fall in love with a man. Okay, I'm just saying it. But it's Jesus. It's okay. We are to love someone who is easy to love, who loves us, who cares for us. He came among us, and he was healing people who needed healing. He didn't cast out anybody who was broken. He came for the broken, for the hurting. And we here at this church, we don't cast out the broken hurt because we're all broken, and we're all hurting, and we all need Jesus' love. But when you're struggling and hurt, when you're confused, when you think it's about a systematic theology, you need to get right. No, no, understand. You need to ask yourself this question. How are you loving Jesus today? Because Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. It's a way of looking, engaging where you are, which is so important in your walk with God. I mean, we are here today, and this is a church but it's more than a church. We're trying to expand God's kingdom throughout the entire planet. We're not trying to make fans. We're trying to make citizens who are loyal to the king. Are you loyal to God? You're like, I don't know, Pastor. That all sounds great, but, you know, I don't, it don't really connect with my current needs. I understand. But you need to understand your needs don't exceed the needs of God. Put his needs first. Sacrifice for him first. Seek him first and all these things will be added. I got a couple of points and we're done for the day. Point one, Jesus was indicating that God's rule was almost manifested on the earth. There have been many people who have tried to throughout history replicate God's kingdom here on the planet. There was a man named Origen, an early church father, who allegorized his interpretation of the Bible. And every single part of the Bible he thought meant something. And sometimes it does, but other times it's really just an allegory or a metaphor. But sometimes it's historical truth. But Origen allegorized it all. And because he did that, a lot of interpretations drifted from the original meaning. There was a man who we all know and love. His name is Augustine. At least I know and love him. And Augustine kind of took from Origen. And this term, all oh, millennialism, was birth because he thought the millennial reign was allegorical, not literal. And from that time, there has been giant splits in church doctrine where some people believe this and other people believe that. But my hope for you today is that you can go to the Bible for yourself. And regardless of what systematic theology you've been raised up with, understand Jesus preached a kingdom that was soon coming. And we have to be ready for that kingdom because that kingdom, as we saw in the video, will overcome the entire planet. That's our kingdom that we're loyal to, we're subjects of. And when people see us, hopefully they see God's kingdom first. Jesus was indicating that God's rule was almost here. That's the term again, the, the now and the not yet. God's kingdom, the kingdom of God, is everywhere. The kingdom of heaven is not yet. But one day the, the sky will crack. I don't know about you, but I'm at work, and what's that? Is it the very first Wednesday of the month? What, is, it, is that the horn goes off? Oh, yeah. Every, I heard that, I'm like, and I go to the window. <laughs> oh, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. <laughs> 
Oh, that's, that's just not, that's not the Lord. That's a warning. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, I'm, I'm getting it. But every time I hear that, I'm like, oh, I run to the window like, oh, there. But one day he will be. And that shofar will blow. Like the Viking, uh, that horn in the game. Have you heard that horn in the game yet? That's the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. I pray when I hear that horn. That horn is scary. But one day that shofar is going to blow. And everything will change. Your essence will change. At that moment, nothing else will matter. Except for whether you love them or not. Next point. When God's kingdom manifests fully on earth, then our eternal fate will be set. There is an end to this. A lot of people have this misconception about God's grace. Don't you realize it's grace that we have access to God's kingdom? That is impossible, eternal, unimaginable grace that we as corrupt sinners can have access to God's kingdom. Don't you know we're all corrupted and evil, yet God allows us access to his kingdom. But there is a day when that shuts, just like the ark. If they didn't make it into the ark, they missed out on God's grace. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. If they didn't make it out of the city when the fire started raining, they didn't make it out of the city. There is a time when this grace stops. But it's available now. God's kingdom is available, and there's only one way in the kingdom and that's through who? Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man has access to the Father except through him. Next point, trust Jesus for access into God's kingdom. Here it's not wise to get theological and metrical and technical. That's why I use the words trust and love. And commitment and loyalty. You have great gifts and talents. You have great desires and dreams. The Bible says, Paul specifically, I die daily. I sacrifice all that I have. Paul said, I consider it like refuge for the surpassing glory of knowing Jesus. Paul said this. He said, this is the dude who was in the third heaven. He said, I have one desire, that I may know him. That was his desire. This dude had revelations after revelations. And he still had this one desire, that I may know him. Paul was a lover of Christ. Do you love Christ today? Stay close to him. Because he's the one that grants access to the kingdom. Do it so you will not be jettisoned from God's kingdom. I like that. I don't know why. Judgment is coming at the end. He's going to come back and it says he's going to separate those who are his from those who are not his. And when that happens, there's no more access to, to his. Now's the time to get right. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, I got time. How do you know? Who told you you had time? 
The Bible says tomorrow is promised to who? Jesus, the day and time when he comes back, he doesn't even know. There's no promise tomorrow except we leave here and we have Netflix and the Vikings are going to come on here pretty soon. And we have HDTV, Home and Garden. We have House Hunters. I know. Sports Center. We have the Kardashians. We have everything that distracts us from the reality of our plight. That we're only a heartbeat away from eternity. And regardless of what this world tries to do to get us to be distracted or pass our time or not to get us to think about the eternal reality that is ahead of us, we as Christians have to be sober more than anyone else. Yes, God has given us this opportunity here on earth to love, to grow, to have dreams, to have hopes, to have aspirations. But all these are just foreshadowing what is to come for eternity. This life is but a breath and a test. See if you're willing to surrender it all for the king who gave it all. God's kingdom is at hand. And Jesus is the only way. It's a question of the heart. How is your heart toward God? How is it? Can you say, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do it. Because he'll keep you to that word. <laughs> He's done it to me. I've been going place after place that I haven't not necessarily wanted to go. I wanted to do something else. God's like, no, follow me. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Are you ready? We are told to pray that God's kingdom comes. This is ironic. Why? We're told to pray that the end will be here. That's, that's, we were asked by God to pray that God's kingdom will be here now. And if God's kingdom is here now, then that's the end of all that we know about right here and now. The only thing we're taking with us into God's kingdom are the people who we love and share Jesus with. God's kingdom is close. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the brief time I've had today, Lord God. Help us understand the message of the kingdom. Help us understand that your rule will encompass the entire planet. Help us to understand there's our responsibility right now to surrender our will to your will. Continue to love you the way you love us. Help us be excited about your kingdom. Help us be excited about the things that excite you. And as you do that, we'll give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, we are done for the day. <laughs> that was an awkward silence. <laughs> but I hope you understand 
This church is not about Sundays. We're not going to do what God called us to do, just being here on Sundays. Our church is really about what happens outside these walls. My hope is that we'll be a church that expands God's kingdom, just not just to Brooklyn Park, but to the world. This year we're going to be, next year we're going to Israel, but the following year we're going to other parts of the planet. My hope is that you'll save your money so you can go with us. <laughs> we have people here in Brooklyn Park who need your help. You don't have to wait for the church to start a ministry to help people. You can go and help people on your own. You have people who are your neighbors who need Jesus. Show them the Lord. My hope is that you won't wait for us. If we're behind you, we'll get there. Just keep going the direction you're going. Lord, bless you. Lord, keep you. And Lord, make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Lord Jesus Christ, turn his countenance toward you and give you peace. In his name we pray. Amen. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.